0: podcast. Uh, I'm Jasper and I'm with Matt Forrest here. Unfortunately, our host, Will, uh, is not with us today, but we carry on with two. It's probably going to be better like this anyway. Kako was uh, uh, holding us back, I think. Matt, wouldn't you agree?
1: Yeah, he's always been sort of filling his pockets with stones and jumping into wells, so it's (laughs) nice to be freed of that sinking feeling. And and Maybe this is the the stage where I crack the top 10k and, and sort of leave Kako and his awfulness behind us.
0: Yeah, well, having said that, I think he had beat us the last two weeks. Um, But this week, no more. I I did pretty well, actually. I had Lockie Bramble on my bench, which is the only bad thing I did all week. Um, Finished with 25,900. Yeah, 25,90, which which was good enough, like the top 2%, I think, of all coaches. Whereabouts were you?
1: I was a little bit further behind, so I had 25,20 from memory. Um, yeah, I had Bramble on my, on my bench and I had the option to, to get him in for Tim Taranto because I had Harry Edwards on my bench, Harry Edwards, Luke Edwards, whichever, I don't know, the midfielder from West Coast, Luke Edwards. Yeah. Um, he was on my bench and he was named sub for, uh, for West Coast. So I didn't want to risk it and, and potentially score, you know, nothing. And it turns out Taranto ended up scoring 64 and Edwards didn't get on the field so in hindsight should have looped but um oh well that's super coach
0: that is a very scary loop to do though uh with the with the sub i haven't done it yet and i think uh if i did i just wouldn't even watch the game it'd be too scary um so yeah i had jeremy sharp on my bed on my field instead uh, which is a 57, so that's about 60-point difference. Oh, well. Uh, firstly, let's get into some injuries. There were some pretty pretty bad ones on the weekend. I think Marcus Adams is also injured, but there's a there's a line to Eric Hipwood. He's going to be out for probably all of next season as well with an ACL.
1: Yeah, it's really disappointing for him. Um, he's not super coach relevant, but his teammate Joe Danaher sort of is. Um, I'm sure the absence of Hipwood will affect him in some way. But yeah, just really disappointing news for... For both Hipwood, the Lions, and, and footy in general, it was always better to have him on the park than, than uh, on the bench. Um, a couple other injuries that are super coach relevant. Obviously, Taylor Walker missed last week and looks like he is primed for a return for this weekend, but he still has a couple of boxes to tick according to the Adelaide coaches. Um, Lockie Whitfield has already been ruled out of GWS's clash um, in the Sydney Derby this weekend in Ballarat, which is, is weird <laughs> to say. But um, yeah, he got concussed just before he kicked that goal. He um, took, I think, like an elbow to the back of the head. So he's yep. out for next week. Um, and I assume he'll be back the week after that. Dyson um, Heppel looks like he'll be returning, but his teammate, Carl Langford, is expected to miss a couple of weeks. Uh, after some hamstring awareness, which is a bit disappointing if you had uh, brought him in like me.
0: Yeah, we both have him. So we're going to be looking to move Langford. Um, it's an interesting one because he's fallen in price a little bit as well. So uh, we're going to need to find some cash on the bench to get him up to a primo in the forward line. Another one that I have is is Jath, uh, who's going to be missing the rest of the season, I believe, for the Hawks, your Hawks, um, who, who aren't doing too well right now. Uh, but he has been good for Bramble those kinds of guys out because he's gone into the back line. Um, So I'm going to be moving on Langford and CJ, but I may be playing Lockie Bramble on field. um, If I hold Whitfield, which is, you know, I've got three injuries right now, which is just, just classic coming into round 18.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And I'd be obviously looking to hold Whitfield out of the three because he'll, he'll be back after one week. Um, It's not the exactly what you want, but Obviously the other two are a little bit more long term injuries. Um Langford's probably I mean, hamstring awareness is such a vague phrase. He could miss one yep. week, he could be out for four or five weeks with a tear. You just don't know. Um, but we should move on and look at, I guess, who we want to be replacing these players. And since we're both going to be trading out Carl Langford, I think it's only fair to address him first. So is there a forward premium or I mean it doesn't have to be a premium, but someone that you're looking for to <laughs> replace him?
0: Well yeah he definitely wasn't a premium uh, about a month ago but Jordan de oh Goat, have you have you had a look at his last three scores Matt Matthew have you had a look Since he's, yeah, he's averaging 117 against Melbourne, yeah 115 yeah, 114 124 are you serious how can you not consider him right now
1: um because if you look at his other scores and the price that he's <laughs> positioned at it all says don't go in because he's a trap like he's like stringer why would you spend 500K on Stringer? Because Stringer
0: will score you a minimum of 90 right now. No, no, no. <laughs> he had you one touch it- in the first quarter and he scored 95.
1: You bring Stringer in when he's 60, you know, 60 70K cheaper than his starting price, which is always around that 300 to 350 mark because he's always going to dip there. It's the same with Degoe. I understand the attraction with him, um, but he, he's a play that if you wanted him, you should have gotten him when he was 200K, 250K.
0: To goat ain't missing. I don't know what you're talking about right now. He's he's one of the best players you could have right now. 100 percent
1: Jesus. Such a just such right, a who, breach of a statement. All
0: right. Who are you who are you going with for Langford?
1: Um, I'll be looking at his teammate, Nick Hind, um, and tossing him up with Bailey Dale. Uh they're my two I, I think safe options, both are top six um sort of forward options both playing on that halfback role which is a little bit more attractive um, a position I don't have the extra cash to be able to go up to like a Paddy Dangerfield which is probably the move I should have done when I brought in Langford Um, but Nick Hind is 479-200 Bailey Dale's 475-300 you could potentially look at someone who's a bit of a point of difference in tom mcdonald who i've really liked this year yeah i've got him in got him in a draft in a keeper league and he's somehow performed really well um another one that doesn't get much praise and there's a good reason for that because before this year (laughs) he wasn't he was playing in the vfl and he wasn't seen as a very good SuperCoach selection um darcy cameron really random name He's only averaging the 77.4 over the last five, but a season average of 82.5. And if you're really stretched for, for cash or strapped for cash, 404K, I really don't mind him as an option. Um, he can come out with some some you know 120, 130 scores. Um, you know, and his bottom is a bit lower than than most, but um, especially when uh, Mason Cox out of the side he he seems to perform or he seems to have blocked down that role as a key forward uh for Collingwood and, and then also pinch hitting in the ruck but he's he's had three tons on the year and then countless other 90s so including a, a 96 and a 94 in his last three um which unfortunately included a 31 against St Kilda a couple of weeks ago but he's been quite a solid selection this year
0: uh yeah you you're yeah, I've, I kind of I'm on board now. I've I've heard you and I and I like the numbers. Uh, there's some decent uh, logic behind it. Not like my DeGoat pick. Um, having said that, uh, DeGoat is just a better option, man. I don't know. Like, it's just it's plain and simple. You can see what he's doing. He's getting like the most CBAs at the Collingwood uh, of the Collingwood midfield, and then he's going forward and kicking three goals again. Uh, I can't. I I don't know why you you don't have him in your team uh, coming into this week if if Langford is playing. I, Langwood's not playing. I will quickly uh back you up on the Nick kind one as well. In his last three at Marvel Stadium, he's gone 127, 94, and then 134. That was on the weekend against Adelaide. And he plays his next four games at Marvel Stadium with North coming up on the weekend. So I think he's a great option. You can bring him in right now. He fell in price after that 134 as well. So he's about to rocket straight back up. Um He's currently, yeah, he's got that ceiling of a 136 and he's, he's currently only 479K. So I think he's a great option. I have him right now. I've really liked him since bringing him in. Um, so hopefully he goes big again. The one flag is Dyson Heppel will probably be back. And um, in the last few matches with Dice, there, he hasn't gone huge, which is a bit of a concern. Uh, against Melbourne, he had 61, against Geelong, he had 87. Now, that they're, they're like scores that you kind of accept from, from guys who you didn't expect to be primos at the start of the season. Um, but with Dyson with Dyson Hebel back you can expect him to, to lose a few points and a bit of value uh, but still a really good option
1: Yeah and I guess that's why I'm also thinking of that um, Bailey Dale uh, option between the two. Um, I really like watching Bailey Dale on the on you know playing for the dogs I think he's got a great boot and makes really smart decisions and he seems to have forced Caleb Daniel out of that role so he's quite attractive um, and one more who, I know that you were really hot on probably six or seven weeks ago and um, probably not so hot on him anymore, but uh, Shea Bolton, uh, 422, 300. Uh, and a season average of 89.6, which is not too bad. It's enough for the 17th ranked average in the forward line, but a three-round average of 62.3. Bloody what's Shea your, Bolton. What's your What's your take on the old Bolts?
0: Well, I held him. I held him when he had that when he broke his hand, punched some bloke in a nightclub. Uh, and, that, and this is how he's repaid me. In the last three weeks, he's got 44, 59, 84. So he was trending upwards, but he had 44 in a full game at the MCG against the Saints, which is just insipid. Um, so, you know, if he's, he's probably the hottest and coldest player in the league right now. His, his best is electrifying his worst. Um, you don't even notice that he's playing.
1: And I guess the issue is as well that Richmond's not performing and he seemed to ride the coattails of some of those uh, really good Richmond footballers who are who are struggling for a bit of form at the moment. So it'll be interesting to see if they push the the younger blokes into that midfield and, and rely a little bit more heavily on their energizing sort of play like, like what Bolton can bring um, rather than playing, you know, Trent Cochin for 20 CBAs each week, which is, doesn't seem to be working.
0: Yeah, I think... Koch may find himself in a different role to end the season. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if he plays on as well. Uh, so I, I like that, uh, the Shea Bolton call with with the possible uh, extra CBAs available. And I'm going to flag someone else who could be getting some CBAs in the back line. Now I'm looking for a CJ replacement. Liam Baker, what, what do you think? 130 is his ceiling. That was when he played as a midfielder when they had all those injuries against um, GWS in round nine. Uh he he had a few big scores around that mark. He's he's had a few consistent nineties. Um but then when he's back in defense, you know, he's pretty hot and cold. In the midfield, I think he can be an absolute star. If he gets a lot of CBAs on the weekend, uh, he'd be a great option. But I'm probably gonna have to decide if I bring him in this week.
1: Yeah, and it's a risk you you're sort of running with him because uh we haven't actually seen him in that midfield role for for quite a while. Um, yeah. The one concern I'd have with him, though, even though he's been yeah quite a nice player, he's relatively cheap. Um, his Bashar Huli's come out of that side, um, obviously with that synosmosis injury, um, and he'll be out for the rest of the season. So we've seen Jaden Short obviously increase his scoring, score the one twenty nine on the weekend, and it's a, a clear example of of when players perform when you know they have teammates that are usually taking up that role that aren't there and, and they can slot in a little bit more seamlessly. It'll be interesting to see if they can deal with with Baker coming out of that back line because he seems to be such an important part of that that back six now. Um, and with Bashir Hulli coming out of the side, I, I don't see a situation where um, Baker's moved into the midfield, which brings them short another defender, especially with Nick Flost and Nathan Broad, both injured at the moment. Noel Bolts has obviously gone down with that syndesmosis as well. Um, you're probably running a bit too thin on, on quality defenders if you if you move Baker into the midfield, although he is a, a great midfield option.
0: Yeah, I think that makes Jaden Short pretty viable as well with Basher out. Uh, they went to him every pretty much every single time out of defence and he took all their um, kick-ins. Uh, and yeah, just on that, Liam Baker only had the two CBAs on the weekend and Shea Bolton had the most of the side with 21 um, Martin and... Cochin had 19 each to round out the top three there. So it'll be interesting to see if he does go in there. I probably don't expect him to get too many if he does, unfortunately, uh, but he does remain an option. If he does go in there as a permanent midfielder, I think he's absolute value and he should come into a lot of people's sides for the run home. Um, another guy that I'm looking at is Jack Lacocious. Now I think he could, uh, yeah, you know, you know when Walsh kind of went huge after the bye last year and everyone was like, oh, we got to get him into our side, for next year and that kind of stuff. And then for some reason, Matt Forrest didn't get into his side to start the year after. And now he's been trying to bring him in every single week since. I think Jack Lacocious could do something like that to end this season. And everyone realizes what a bloody gun he is. And we need to start him next year. What do you think?
1: Yeah. I really like Lacocious as a, um, a bit of a pod. He's only in 3% of teams and at 422 K, um, he does provide value. Um, we haven't seen that true sort of jump to consistency that sort of Walsh, we saw in Walsh um, in his first year. Um, obviously, he has the ability to score the hundreds, like he scored three tons in his last six matches and and a 97 to to boot. But then he also had a 48 against North, a 72 against Fremantle, which is not the worst score. Um, but then looking further back into the sort of mid part of the season, he had a 54, a 64, a 55 and a 79. Um, in a row, and then a, a 44 a couple of weeks before that as well. So he can score, you know, in the in the hundreds and in the 90s semi consistently. Um, but then his lows when he's tied to a dangerous forwarder are probably just a little bit too low to to bring it at 422k. Um, I'd say if you're going to go for him, you'd, you'd probably want to look at him at a 350 to 370k price. Rather than four twenty two, and if you're if you're looking to get him in at this stage of the season, I would be expecting you know maybe two tons for the rest of the season, and then a couple of scores between seventy and ninety. Uh, I wouldn't be hoping for for suddenly five tons to finish the year. So um, yeah, it's it's a it's an interesting quandary. Um, I think maybe next year is a year that I'd probably look at him a little bit closer, but. Um, wouldn't be looking at him to, to finish my run home. I'd probably rather look at Jack Bowes, his teammate at 387K, who's yep. averaged 88 on the year and obviously did his hamstring and missed a couple of weeks. And he hasn't found his form back just yet, but um, he's a quality rebounding defender as well. And he's severely underpriced.
0: The Yeah, well, Gold Coast have a really interesting run coming up. It's, it's the hardest in the league. So they go the Dogs... And they go the, and then they go the Ds and then they go the Lions, which is possibly the three most informed sides in the competition. Um, so they're going to get battered pillar to post, which means that defenders could score pretty well. So Bose and Lukosius in that regard, I think, are decent options. Uh, Lukosius has scored well against top eight sides this year. Um, he had 101 against uh, Collingwood. Then in round one, he had uh, 102 against West Coast when there were supposed to be a decent side. Um, against the Dogs, he had a, a 93. And against the Cats, he had a 98. Um, so I, th- I think he could go well, and, and just on your point about looking at him next year, I, I don't think you can look at him next year unless he shows a little bit of consistency this season, and I think he will. I think he will to end the season. Um, it is a bold prediction from me, and I'm not sure if I am going to bring him in, but uh, it, he, he's looking very tempting right now on my side. Um, him and Dugowie, obviously. And just quickly, are there any midfielders that uh, have caught your eye for me? Andy Brayshaw is a great candidate for me. He's five forty one k. He's got a decent run coming up after this one. He's got he's got Geelong and and then he's he's got some some good opponents to score against. But what I like about him is is his ceiling against uh, sides who who won't necessarily be playing for a lot, like a Richmond um, coming up in three weeks. Uh, I think he could go really big in those games and actually showcase like a 140, 150 kind of a ceiling. And I think he's going to become a really good scorer from next year onwards. Um, So I'm looking at him to go big to end the season as well.
1: Yeah. There's a couple that I think are pretty severely underpriced and I'd love it if I had a midfield spot to fill because any of the, these two or three players, I'd, I'd be happy to put in my side for the rest of the season. The first is Cam Guthrie. And we spoke about him about being an Uber premium and he was over 600K for most of the season, You know, enjoyed a, a fat run of tons, uh, has dipped to 502K. Um, wow. and, that, and that's mainly because of his last five rounds. He's only averaged 88.8. And his last three, it's 86, um, which has not been that promising. That included a 40 against Essendon when he... I believe he got hurt from memory um, and a couple of uh, sub-100 scores a bit earlier as well. But um, he's a man who can go big. He, he's a quite a good scorer when he's on. And he had 111 against the Blues, which probably isn't saying too much um, against Carlton. Um, but he's run home with with Fremantle, a poor-performing Richmond, North Melbourne, GWS St Kilda in Melbourne. That's a pretty attractive run home. Yeah. Um and I, I do think that at 502K is probably your best bet to average 110 from here, um, which is, yeah, very underpriced. Another one would be Nat Fyfe, um, averaging 105 on the year. His last three, he's only averaged 83. He's been pretty poor. Um, but he had 107 on the weekend and he's only $483,000, which is absurd to me. Um, I don't really understand that and... You know, the first half of the season he only had two scores under a hundred and yeah, under a hundred um up until round ten. Since then the game against Hawthorne was his only ton. Um and, and once again, he's that's against a poor opponent. It probably doesn't count for too much. Um, but yeah, once again, very underpriced and to have him at your M eight or even potentially an M9, um, really good option. I'd probably rather him over Paddy Cripps just because he has that potential to to score centuries and, and Cripps hasn't shown that this season. Um, and then lastly, a bit of a pod selection, but he's just been on fire mm. since coming back into the St. Kilda lineup, but that's Luke Dunstan. Um, mm. You know, that he's four, four games in a row centuries, highest score of 118 in that four game run, but he also had 131 in round 11 against North, which for some reason, the three blokes I've listed are, uh, went big against terrible teams. Um, so read into that what you will. But um, yeah, he's been he's been very good. And at five hundred k, he's one hundred and ten k more expensive than he was at the start of the year. Um, but he he seems to have slotted into a role that that works really well for St Kilda and taking a lot of pressure off um, Jack Steele and, and it means that Jack Steele yep. can can go big. And um, yeah, at, at the price that he is, he's the same price as Tim Taranto. Um, He's only in 0.8% of teams, so very attractive, um, very potty sort of option.
0: Yeah, while we're talking about the Saints, Jack Steele is my guy right now. I'm not taking this captaincy off him. I haven't for the last three weeks. He's been unbelievable, 149 again on the weekend. Uh, and you're right, that midfield mix right now with with Brad Crouch um, and Luke Dunstan, they, they're clicking on all cylinders and... Uh, they're all, you know, racking up the CBAs, racking up the time on ground and then smashing the super coach scores. I really like Luke Dunstan as an option. He's he's playing for a contract still. He might be in a different club if he gets some decent offices at the end of the year. Uh, so he's got a lot to play for and, and I think he can go big. Now, let's get into a little bit of rookie roulette just quickly. Uh, there are a few guys on our benches. I know, I, I think you potentially have finished off your team, Matt.
1: Uh, if you include Paddy Cripps at M8. Yeah, then the I don't. Is, I definitely don't. And well, it's not done. <laughs> <laughs> what, what about Lockie Bramble at M8? Do you consider that done?
0: That's that's the question I'm going to pose you, but I'll happily answer it. No, it's not done, but it is a big step towards being done and he looks really good coming out of that Hawthorne back line. We know that the Hawks suck, so he's going to be going to be getting a lot of footy. He took kickouts. They don't have like... Who, who do they have? Is Scrimshaw going to play this week? Because if he no, does, uh Scrimshaw's
1: Scrimshaw's out. Um it's usually Blake out. Hardwick taking the kickouts. Um CJ didn't take out. that many. <laughs> um yeah, I don't know what's going on with Hardwick. I probably should have a look at the injury report, but he was I a think laid Scrimshaw, out.
0: Scrimshaw, CJ and Hardwick are all out, which is just ridiculous. Yeah.
1: Um so there's yeah, plenty of opportunities to take those cheap little kick ins. And if Bramble can lock them away, then then that's a really big step towards scoring pretty consistently. And ruining his twenty twenty two price, so that's yeah, exciting. Completely
0: ruined. Yep, mature age are coming in halfway through the season, playing well and being completely irrelevant next year. You, you already know that's going to happen every single season. Uh, the other, the other few, Jai Newcomb is he? Where where would you have him in your rookie rankings compared to say a, a Tom Hymer or, or a or a James Madden or, or the like?
1: Well, since Newcomb isn't playing at the moment, I'd probably rank. The- players playing over him oh, um,
0: no he's going to come back in he got rested
1: yeah righto just like Tyler Brockman got <laughs> rested shot. in round 5 God. yeah yeah um, no I, I, I'd still say that I'd rather a Tom Highmore he's playing some outstanding footy at the moment and um, even though they're, they're on different lines you can swing you know non-playing rookies everywhere nowadays you can you can figure out a way to get one of them on field and the other one off field um, but Highmore definitely is in the last few weeks has locked himself into that back six at St Kilda for the next four or five years. I'd say, I think he's a really impressive footballer and, and yeah, I can't see him getting dropped like he did at the start of the year. Um, nickname wow. for Tom Highmore is, is Tom Wymore as in why wasn't he playing earlier?
0: <laughs> oh, that's quite funny. Matt, did You not not that yeah. yourself? No, I read it <laughs> on Twitter. <laughs> no, I, I didn't i didn't know that you were the uh president of the tom highmore appreciation society but uh you learn something every day mate
1: Captain, my my captain. captain. My captain.
0: Okay, batty give me your uh your vc and your c looking ahead to round 19 round 18 whoops
1: round 18 Yep,
0: got ahead of no, myself
1: no that's all right we'll forgive you um Obviously, Bontempele and McRae, I think, uh, at this stage of the season, are permanent captain options um, or at least vice-captain options. Uh, They're coming up against Gold Coast this week. McRae probably interests me a little bit more. His last three have been 169, 139, and 189 against the Suns. Um, Oh, sorry. That didn't include his 2021 score in round five, which was 146. So that's four really good scores uh, against the Suns. Um, Bontempele has been in a not his uber, uber, uber best form at the moment. He's, he's slightly down ever since I traded him, him in, so apologies for that. Okay. His form against Gold Coast hasn't been as good. It's 133, an 87, and a 124 in his last three. So um, probably would look at McRae. Uh, I think it's one just to lock away. Um, Maxi Gorn, I think, is gone as a captaincy option for the rest of the yeah, season. Um yep. Even though he's coming up against Hawthorne where he's last... Two scores were a 172 and a 185. Um, Luke Jackson's just taking 50% of the hit outs now and Gorn's not doing as much around the ground. Um, So as much as I love Maxie as a a captaincy option, I'd probably only put a vice captaincy on him this week. I wouldn't risk the captaincy on him. I haven't looked at the fixture or when they're playing, so he might not even be a, a vice captaincy option, but... Even though he's had such good form recently against Hawthorne, I, I just wouldn't risk it with the amount of yep. rocking that, that Luke Jackson's doing.
0: They're Arvo, so uh possibly a BC option, but uh, I agree with you. And they're double they're gonna be double teaming him um, with Segler and and Big Boy, who aren't the best rockmen, but together they're pretty they're pretty decent.
1: Let's just get Nettie Reeves in there. Just let Gorney go four hundred.
0: Yeah, I tend to agree with you. Uh, my super coach side would appreciate a Ned Reeves debut uh, if it's if it's only just for a bit of redemption in our bet. Now, for me, Jack Steele is the one, uh, and he's a potential VC option on Saturday night. He's playing Port, which isn't a great matchup. Um, who have Ollie Wines, Trav Boak, uh, Willem Drew, a couple other big bodies in their midfield. Uh, Zach Merritt's really good as well on on Sunday, but I think uh, I am going to be VCing Jack Steele into Brody Grundy on a Sunday afternoon. He's coming against Carlton, which uh, you know, we've already seen the likes of Sean Darcy have about two hundred points against them. Against them, uh, so I can't see Brody not going huge on a Sunday arvo at the MCG with the pie's in a bit of good form.
1: Yeah, and Brody's found his found his form in the last couple of weeks, obviously with that 140 after a 35 point first half, mind you. So he had a big second half to come home strong. Um, I've just had a look at the fixtures and both Melbourne and Hawthorne and Gold Coast Western Bulldogs are both being played at 435 Saturday afternoon. So unfortunately, I'll need to find another captaincy option if McRae doesn't score a 150. Um which will hurt me a little bit. Maybe a um, Zach Merritt on a Sunday afternoon against North Melbourne could be the one. Um, Merritt obviously coming off that 143 on the weekend um, and has a couple of scores in the 130s in his last three or four. So yeah, he's probably my one um, as, a, as a captaincy option if it's not Brodie Grundy as well.
0: I love the caps, the options. Um, it's our favorite segment of the week. Thank you for joining us here at the Supercoach Sanctum podcast. We'll be back next week to, to recap round 18. You can find us at Innersanctum.com.au. We are a product of the Inner Sanctum, Inner Sanctum underscore AU on Twitter. Um, you can find us on Facebook, on Instagram, all the socials. Thank you for joining me, Matthew. Hopefully we'll have Will Cuxum back because uh, I'm not a good host. Uh, no, as you, you, did as just you may fine, realize during, <laughs> during this podcast. Uh, but Kako sure is. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week.